0: So imagine you want to start up a business. A, what do you need? What staff do you need? B, what finance do you need? C, how, where do you want to get the work from? X is your success. That's that's something that I self-thought myself. And
1: it obviously worked. Uh, it is working. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Construction Host! My name is Hudad and I'll be speaking with influencers in the construction industry. We'll learn more about who they are, or what they do, and what's their passion at work and outside work. Remember, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel. Frank Furuzande, Managing Director of Modern Group. Thanks for your time. Thanks for accepting this uh, invitation to be part of the podcast. Let's start from very beginning. Let's let's start from um, where were you born and where did you grow up, and how did you end up in Australia? Sure.
0: Let me first thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Uh, what you're doing here is is great, and I, I, it's my pleasure to be part of it. I appreciate your invite. Um, I was born in a small city in Iran called Karaj and was born in, um, and basically I had a, a, um, interesting childhood in Iran. Right. Being part of the minority. I also grew up there, went there, studied, uh, maths. You know how you get a higher school in Iran, you got to the rest uh, of the subject. Science. Are, and yeah, and science, yeah. yeah. So I chose mathematics and that's my... That's something that I love and I still love mm-hmm. to date. In year two thousand and one, I decided to basically leave Iran and I left Iran and I came to Turkey. I arrived there in two thousand and
1: sorry. Let's let's wind back a little sure. bit. Um, so you went to high school yep. to 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 uh, study mathematics and physics they call it in Iran. so when you finished that did you end up going to uni or did you start working or were you working what was the first job you had so basically while i was in higher
0: school in iran i was um working in a printing company or printing shop or printer shop right where i was used to do assignments for the uni students for them
1: what do you so, mean assignments?
0: Yeah, so I used to type the assignment for
1: them. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, so obviously in Iran, not everyone had the affordability of not everyone was afford can afford to buy a computer at home back then. And this guy who was my boss at the time, he came up with this idea that you hire a student like me. I was uh, fifteen, fifteen years old, um, and because I had, I did some. Not that I uh not that I had computer at home back then, I bought it after that through the job. But because I had done some computer classes I was a bit I was familiar with it. Uh so he hired me and I was in charge of typing the assignment for the students, for English students in the city of Gohada.
1: Mm. And um you would, would have been quite fast in the keyboard back then.
0: Um, I wasn't. But no? you know, back then they didn't know the difference between <laughs> <laughs> someone who was actually really fast and someone who wasn't. Okay, and I wasn't fast at all. I was just a beginner. But to him, to his eyes, I was like this guy came out of different, <laughs> <laughs> different world, different planet. <laughs> he knows how to turn the computer on. Wow. <laughs> that was a big thing in Iran. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Back then. Um, now is obviously different. Anyway, so I got the job and I was studying at higher school mm-hmm. and uh, didn't last long there. Um, uh, obviously, being a teenager, 10 years old, there were a lot of things that I wasn't happy with. And one day he came to the job and he was um, blaming me for something that was well, someone else's fault and right and basically I packed up my bag and I just left. So mm. that was my first show. It wasn't a great experience. <laughs> and I was I was a hot-headed teenager actually sure. fifteen so anything would upset me. Right. <laughs> right. And came back to school and focused obviously I was still in school, but that was my first show. When I finished uh my high school then I had to go to the higher school education, which is the entry level to university of two universities and When I went to get selected, um, Mm -hmm. it was, there were three of us, three students in mathematics and physics that we were always competing. And I was always the third one. So Mm. them two, first, second, and I was the third one. Always. For for, for the two years that I was in. So all three of us were good friends. We all went there and they went in first. They got, they put their application on the table. The guy signed it. All good, all good. And he came to get to me and he goes, and he looked at, what my religion was, which I'm a Baha'i. And he just threw the paper back at me and he goes, go and come back with your parents. And that was the last time I actually remember being in that school. About three months after that, I found myself fleeing Iran mm. <laughs> on a border from uh, one of the northern cities of Iran, walking to, to get to Turkey so I can go and apply it um, for a refugee kind of that's how it works. You go and introduce yourself as a refugee to United Nation in one in one of the yes. cities, the cities, and United Nation will accept you as a refugee and they'll issue to go. But I came, mm. and I left Iran with a dream of becoming an aeronautical engineer, aerospace engineer, working for all right. NASA one day. Yeah, so that that was the dream. So I came Iran, I left Iran. Was with it that dream. was
1: it because of all the? Uh, I remember back in Iran, I used to read these Jules Verne books. It was all about space and all that. Was it? What, what was? What was it influenced That's for a you? Very back good then? question.
0: You're gonna laugh at this, but I had a very loud uncle who now passed away, and I, you know, we are coming from a one of my my my, mom, my mom's background is from the middle middle city of your called yes, yeah. and they're very loud and they talk, and this guy was. I remember since I was four or five years old, he used to be me pilots. Right. Like, Mr. Pilot. Why? You know, I don't know. He just <laughs> saw me as pilot, maybe because I was tall. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> so that's how my interest started around, around basically being a pilot. Mm. So as I grew up, I said, no, nah, I'm not into pilot, but I love the engineering part of it. I love the fact of how airplanes actually flies and mm-hmm. how it's actually invented. And I was studying, I was reading, uh, watching a lot of documentaries, and I just, my interest just start started growing every day. And then I learned about space, and back then NASA was a big thing in Iran. And and yeah.
1: Okay. So I think uh, I talked to a couple of other painters due to their religion, they had to leave Iran too. And obviously, you trying to get into the uni and higher education, you couldn't get there. That's probably triggered that even more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, had to leave Iran. How old were you when you were sixteen? 16? Yeah. Okay. Sixteen. Okay. Came 16, alone 17. with yes. the, alone.
0: Yeah, so we we left Iran. Uh, I remember my dad hired someone uh to take me from border mm-hmm. of Iran and drop me off in the border of uh in the border city of Turkey. Uh it took us seven days to get from Iran to Turkey. Walking. Uh Part of it, we were horse riding.
1: Horse riding. Yeah. And part
0: of it, we were walking. And part of it, we got stuck. So they had had safe houses. And this is, to me, when I talk about it now, I get PTSD. Even today, it's like I get, I remember even uh, when we arrived to the first village in Turkey, I remember the guy said to us, now when we get to this house, it was giving us hope because we were just almost giving up. Because all the drama that happened on the way to Turkey, you know, we almost got shot at and almost got killed. Um, so we were freaking out. At the point that the guy who was with me was another Persian Bahai guy, and he was crying. He sat down there. So when we flee that scene after what happened, basically we the horse. And then let me go back to how that situation was.
1: The shooting. Yeah. yeah
0: so basically when we get to the border city of Iran, they told us to wear whatever clothes that you have so put on whatever you have mm-hmm. so we start putting on all that clothes because it was too cold we came out of the room it was like a, one of the village in the city it was the closest wish to turkey he goes now we're going to go and um, get on the horse and we're just going to go to turkey so we said beauty we'll be there in the morning mm-hmm. happy days we'll be fun. everything was fun until then so i walk, walked out of the room walked down the stairs it was like a old house and you know how they use mud to cover the walls, the yes. kind of house? Yeah. Still can I can still feel the smell of the house and that night, that's how I scared I was. So we came out, we looked at the horse and there was a massive horse. I'd never seen this big horse in my life. <laughs> we got on it and then we get to a point and it was the way that they they did everything was based on exchange. So they used to take bring alcohol from Turkey to Iran and Iran used to take him gasoline. Right. Yeah. So, and there was a point that all the travelers were stopped, <laughs> and they do the exchange. So we found ourselves yeah. in the middle of uh, like a street market. <laughs> at, imagine three o'clock in the, two o'clock in the morning. Wow. Cold. Really cold. It was in winter. Anyway, we passed them, and then we got to a point that the guy said to me, said to me, sing something, and I started singing, and he was just trying to make us relax. Singing. Like praying. Scene. Right, okay. And and then he goes to stop, and I stopped. And then he just said in dif- a few different languages to the guy who was hiding behind the mountain. So it was about 60, mm-hmm. 70 200 meters away from us. He spotted something. Anyway, so he let the, the street uh, market guys come past and go through that point first. So it was very smart.
1: Mm, to blend as in basically as, with them
0: as soon as the first person passed all i heard was shooting and then i hold him so tight that at one point he couldn't control the horse so we both of us just fell on the snow wow and then i don't i can't remember how i got up and how he got me up on the on the horse and we started riding really fast really fast and we got back to a safe place so
1: who were they shooting to to people randomly? they usually people? don't shoot at people they just shoot at the air, at to make, air yeah yeah people to just scare you yeah yeah, yeah. i don't
0: know who knows maybe
1: they were shooting at us i can't remember it was... mm-hmm. that scene was just scary especially yeah. when you're 16 years old i guess
0: and then we got back and then we got to a point where me and my friend sat down and then he was crying i was I was begging the guy, I said, look, you know, I'm regretting, just take me back, you know, to my family, I don't want to go anywhere. And and anyway, he convinced me and I managed to convince my, it wasn't my friend, we became friends throughout the trip, that, hey, we're going back to Iran. So until we get to the first village, he didn't didn't know that we're actually going to Turkey. Right. Wasn't we couldn't convince him to come with us to Turkey, we wanted to go back. Anyway, when we got to the first village, I had to prove it to him by showing him one of the plate numbers of the… That is in Turkey. …cars that that we're in (laughs) Turkey. And he got happy. And we got to the first house, first safe house, and Mm -hmm. then we went to the second safe house. Mm -hmm. And every safe house that you stay, you stay overnight. And then you wait for the till like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you start walking to another place, and then the car comes and grab you and then take you.
1: So what was the goal? To go to Turkey back then? To yeah, to Turkey. Apply for a, no, a humanitarian yes, visa yeah. to then stay in Turkey. So the goal was to stay in Turkey back then, oh yes, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. My my goal was always to come to Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. Even in Iran, yeah, yeah. Because my uh families they were living here. My sister and my okay. brothers they were living here.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So, so they came while well before you. Yeah. So you had someone yeah. here, obviously. Okay. Yeah
0: then we got to the first safe house and then from there we went to the second safe house and between the first safe house and the second safe house we traveled with the car mm. and then we got to the second safe house and they put us in a, in a um, basically it was like a stable so it was like it was like uh, where they keep all the animals and the stuff yeah. and uh, it was that peach dark and I remember like, to see where I'm going I had to I had to turn on the torch on my watch to be able to see where I am. That's how dark it was. Wow. And it got too cold, and we started kicking and heating the door because we were locked up there. And <laughs> the owner of the house came and took us to another place where he had the fire on. And I remember walking out. And I, I'll tell you, Kit, you not, know, and I'll tell you this I can feel myself that I'm there again. Coming out of the house, midnight, three oh, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, I can't remember what time it was, but it was pitch dark. Middle mm. of the night, my teeth was like shaking, hitting. That's how it cold it was mm. when I got out of the room first to get to the cab. When we got to the cab, and he used to drive us, and every couple of hours, every half an hour, 45 minutes, he, he used to just throw us out of the car, hide in the mountains somewhere, Ryan, go and check the checkpoint, make sure there's no checkpoint, come and grab us and
1: yeah. But anyway, how long did that take until you get to the to the embassy or wherever you wanted to go? It's about seven days. Seven days. It was seven days. And we got there and then through there we got You got the visa sorted and all that. Yeah, it
0: takes about twelve months and you get the visa and then from there you just
1: so you were staying during that period there and then eventually came to Australia? Yes, yeah, so I was 17 when I
0: arrived to Australia in 2002 and and basically first job I had in Australia was um, oven um, and the easiest job was painting, so right. for Persians. <laughs> for versions. <laughs> so uh, one of my friends, uh, my brother actually referred me for a job and then we went to a job on I used to work as a painter on Saturdays and Sundays when mm-hmm. i didn't stu- when I didn't have a school and yeah, in two thousand and four um I got married and then I decided to do this full time obviously i, I right a full time job
1: yeah <laughs> so did you ever well you talked about aerospace engineering yeah, yes, so did you keep that while while you were in Turkey for a couple of years and yeah. when you came to Australia that That kind of dream changed after a while, I guess when you were you know looking for a job, trying to find you know ways to make make living,
0: yeah, so obviously the fact that it has changed is my my brother studied studied um physics and science, and um he actually talked me out of it, right, and he goes like you know it's um. There's not enough job for you here, and this is your third country that you've been to, and you need to think about what job you need to select that financially can support you. And I like his thinking. I even today I still appreciate his advice to me. And even though I still love, and I, I and I'll tell you now, and one day I will go back and I'll definitely study aerospace engineering. Right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's my dream, you know. One day, maybe I'm in mean, my seventies, sixties, fifties. Who knows? Forties. Yes. You know, who knows? One day, and uh so yeah. you still have
1: the, you still have the passion, obviously. 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, lo- a lot of that I feel. I don't know. Regards to many topics, a lot of it became much more available now. You you had to go to uni to learn yeah, something. Yeah, now now you go to YouTube. You can write. I mean, read articles and things like that yeah. to to actually learn that quite okay unless you want to actually work in that area you might don't need to have a degree
0: yeah as well as like back then you wouldn't be able to build a rocket but now you can just buy a rocket on ebay can you Yeah, like those little ones not the big ones oh okay okay I thought Elon Musk (laughs) Musk already Uh, selling them I mean you know the one that goes up and comes down oh yeah the firework sort of thing
1: end of the year okay so let's uh, let's discuss a little bit when you actually uh, so you start working for well as a painter how did while you're studying what were you studying I was in a school <laughs> yeah oh just okay, sorry, <laughs> and then what happened? How did you get into modern so, uh, two thousand journey
0: I was working for a paint, obviously when I got married, I had to do this full time and uh, uh, and then it was different it wasn't just a part time job anymore. it was a full time painter mm-hmm. now I remember when i f- when, when i went on my first day when I went and did painting, I did not like painting at all no I, I <laughs> did not like painting at all. Mm. Like, it was something that I did not know I ever would end up doing as a full-time job. Then I started talking to myself on my first day. And mm-hmm. the worst thing was, our job was at the University of, I think it's University of New South Wales, in in the science campus as well. Right. So, suddenly oh. I found myself oh.
1: in a very <laughs> On rarely, the other side yeah, of the door. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, wow. And... Yeah, that was really hard for me. So I have to keep telling it, saying to myself that I love this, that I love this. So for the first couple of days, I was just talking to myself while working to keep myself motivated to be able to do this job. Mm. And in 2006, um, I started working with my brother. And then uh, obviously uh, that, was, that was his company. It was, was it called Modern back then too? It was called Modern Painting and Maintenance Services. Right. And then… Uh, we worked together till 2011, 12, and then from there, then I took over, took over, and um, moved to Adelaide, and I started modern painting. And from there, then I had just started university, my university degree as well, bachelor in construction management between 2004 and 2010. When I 2012, when I started uni. I did my set for in building uh, studies for residential. Right. So then I used that to get into uni. So I always wanted to go in the builder side, pretty much. That's what we, so we call it, uh, like the trade side and builder side. So, I so wanted that, to that to was your site.
1: passion to go to the yeah. side back then. Yeah. Okay.
0: And because when I started… And when paying, did
1: you stop working on the tool, by the way? After a couple of years, or you you, you kept going till two thousand
0: and ten. No, so when I started with my brother, I started as a as an apprentice. Okay, I started, So I was sanding doors, frames, and all that. You know. uh, and he's he's definitely one of the guys in my life that has taught me a lot with painting, especially in painting and business and, and all that. And basically, he. I wanted me to start from the beginning, even though when I came, I already had two years' experience, but he wanted me to start at the beginning, and I did start from the beginning. And was it came. much different? It was completely different. It was, a, it was three, three of us right. in his company, and I was the fourth painter, <laughs> joint. So, and um, in 2009, I became one of the foremen. Mm-hmm. In 2010, I became a supervisor. In 2011, I became a G. Mm-hmm. In 2012, I became a director. That's when... 2012. Yes, that's right. So I went right. through all process. So when I took over the business, uh, Modern Painting Group called uh, Now. Um,
1: it was only painting.
0: It was only painting. And it was averaging around 15 to 20 guys.
1: Only, only Sydney Metro. Only Sydney.
0: Only Sydney. And it was uh, gone back to six, seven, eight, and then went back to 30, gone back to 15, mm-hmm. went back to five. It was it was stone. Were you doing
1: commercial or everything? Only commercial, oh, only yeah. fit outs,
0: fit out, painting side sort of the fit out. So when I took over the business, I basically changed the methods and everything else. So I went to an office with a size of three by four room right. and it was two of us me and someone else <laughs> and um basically i went there and i hired a storage to put all the extra materials in there to save on cost and start from mm-hmm. zero pretty much and at the same time that i took over the business i had i was in my first year at uni mm. so i found myself studying at night working during a day so i did that for four years throughout the five years actually five years of my uni I noticed that I don't want to go to the other side. Yeah, I changed my mind. I actually want to. I like the trade side because right. all my friends are project managers, and they're all complaining about their jobs, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all telling me how lucky they are that I'm a I'm a subcontractor. So yeah, that's how I stayed in trade.
1: So that perspective when you were started painting and you kind of hated it throughout time completely changed that's I love part of fancy. part of maybe. I don't know, do you say because you learn more about it and you you manage to be successful in it, that that kind of got uh, you interested or, or you...
0: To, to be honest, I still don't call myself successful. Right. That's something that I don't think I am at the moment. But in saying that, what I loved about painting was when I learned how, how actually I can roll the walls and ceilings and how I can create an art like right. Venetian plaster. When You say painting, the first
1: thing that comes to your mind is, Oh, you just grab a ruler and paint the wall. Mm-hmm. You know? Particularly it's because nice. of you know, a lot of people actually during the weekend or whatever when they're free, yeah. they go to Bunnings and pick up a bit of paint yeah, yeah. and they think it's that easy. Yeah,
0: and it's not, and there's a lot involved <laughs> to it. And to be honest, uh, shout out to Marco Tricholas, uh, a rep at the time, I've learned a lot from him. Mm. Uh, and I know him since 2009, and he started showing me the the specs and how paint mm. works and how paint. Um, What's a three coat system? Yeah. You know <laughs> What's how a you can use different products, and suddenly, suddenly he was my go-to guy. I used to call him all, all the time and talk to him, and and then that's how I I I, I was exposed to other side of painting. There's mm. a lot of technicality involved. There's a lot of technical things involved. Sure and yeah i fell in love
1: with it yeah very good from 2012 you've been a director 10 years at 2022 now what drove you to make the company what it is now and what what's your what's your goal what's your vision for modern group i had a goal you know silicon valley yes
0: Right. I will one day create the Silicon, we will one day create the Silicon Valley in Castle Hill. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me where do you want to go? That's where I want to go. Castle Hill Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's my dream. I don't want to stop. I love what I do and I keep, I, I, my, my aim since 2013 was basically I add one company each year. Each um, year. I have been adding one company each. Year. Uh, two or three of them have been that successful, but I don't.
1: What, what's what's the what's the uh, goal behind it, though? Is it just you want to be the biggest in town? Mm-hmm. You want to be?
0: I don't want to be the biggest at all. No, it's not that. It's it's not.
1: Is your passion to create more? Is is is? is well, I'm just wondering. Someone else asked
0: me that question as well. First of all, I don't think fame is not something that I want. Hmm. I don't want to become a biggest. I don't want to be called biggest, right? Everything that we do here, we do as as team in modern. Mm-hmm. Everyone who walks into this store become a family, my family, or I treat them like my own family until the day that they, they stay in modern. Right? right. And it's my responsibility towards my staff from the guy who's standing on site mm-hmm. to the guy who's standing on site to the guy who's delivering materials to the guy who estimates that drives me. It's my responsibility towards them to make their career secure so I can, through that, I can get my own career secured. But it's them who, the people around me who drive me, who basically feed my passion and make give me more assurance that mm-hmm. I need to try harder. And also, obviously, my my family as well, my wife and all their support. And and I've, I've, I've created a formula that worked. I don't want to multiply that formula mm it's the nature of human being, right sure once you figure something out, you just wanna multiply it you wanna create more <laughs> yes, yeah sure and that's how it is. And if you tell me why, I, I love to be able to give back. I love to be able to support the community, to support my staff. I love to…
1: And create more probably career path for your yeah. employees, I guess. Yeah. So, tell tell me more about the companies that you created.
0: So, we, we started Modern Painting Group. Then we started <coughs> Modern Glazing Group. Um, we, then we started Modern Painting. Glazing, when did you start that, sir? 2017. Okay. Uh, right after I finished uni. And uh, then we started Modern um restoration group, then we started so sorry, we started Modern Glazing Group, Modern Partitioning Group, Modern Restoration Group, Modern Rendering Group, then we started um ANOVA, then we started Unipon. Then recently we launched Modern Indigenous Group.
1: Yes. I've heard so about that it. recently. So what what's uh what's the goal with that? Is again as you said, going giving back to the community.
0: Yes. Uh, and this is what I say with with a lot of pride, and I'm very thankful, but I feel like I owe everything that I gained to this country. Mm. Australia gave me a second chance. I still get goosebumps when I talk about it. That's how serious I am about what I say. And I feel like I've been given a second chance, and I've been given a lot of good opportunities, and I really want to share that with everyone. And when I heard the story and the culture and everything about our Aboriginal people in Australia, um, or the original owners of this land, uh, and I was exposed to it, um with uh, Anthony and Barbara, my dearest friends. And I found it really interesting. And I wanted to be part of it. And I wanted to be part of the change of the culture. So there's no Aboriginal and Australian. We all want. Mm. So we trying to help Aboriginal people to create their own businesses. I... I want them to have their own painting company. I'll help them set up their own painting company. Is there any company.
1: painting company at the minute, like of large size, um, commercial? No, I, I doubt it.
0: Maybe there is. Maybe I don't know.
1: In New South Wales, probably. I have
0: no idea if there is or not, but I, that was the passion. And then it started 14 months of talks. Wow. Or maybe, sorry, more 17 months right. of talking meetings and recently got launched and in there we have a lot of hopes we have a lot of wishes we have a lot of goals and yeah we are on track at the moment and I'm very very excited
1: that that's just recently is it? Just
0: the second week of january i think we launched it yeah
1: that's fantastic a lot of exciting things happening obviously at yeah, modern for sure. every time i come here i see something new <laughs> <laughs> the team is expanding yeah. every day yeah so you talked a little bit about your passion which is now painting and obviously, creating new companies and, and, and looking after your employees. I'm sure they're very grateful for that too. Uh, I mean, the culture is very important. I think I, mean, I wanted to get your feeling on the culture in general, how you treat your employees, how do you want them to feel when they come to work, and how, how does that impact the way your company operates? That's a very good question. And it's very hard for me
0: to answer that question because I don't want to say, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a good guy and I treat everyone fairly. I don't know, maybe they have, you know, I've had some feelings, I don't know, Uh, you know, but from what I'm seeing, I'm doing my best for my guys to come to work, the ones that I'm directly in contact with, especially in our office, that they feel like they're at home, they feel like they're part of a journey, they feel like they're part of a group. And sometimes they ask me all this, someone asked me this question, and how do you have so many staff?
1: How do you sell the journey to them? I gotta say, but well, you probably it, do it well.
0: I, you know, in in saying that, I'm not selling anything to them. I'm just exposing them mm. to my goals. And some of them, they stay and they want to be part of the journey because mm-hmm. they see a future in it. Some of them, they come. And after a couple of months, after 12 months, they leave because they don't see that they can be part of the journey. Sure. it's not an easy journey. Modern is a very fast-paced environment, very, very (laughs) fast-paced. I'm sure. (laughs) And for the ones who work in the company and for the ones that are still working in the company, if you ask them, they would probably tell you that it's full-on. And, yes, we have 37 people in the
1: office. And now, sorry, you, 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 you haven't talked about that, but you have offices now, not only in New South Wales. Yeah. Queensland, Victoria. Uh, if I'm not missing, recently Newcastle and um, yeah. South Australia. I can't remember. Yeah,
0: South Australia, obviously. We're not super active there, but my brother's there and he's running his own company there. But Tasmania, uh, we're active. Oakland, we are active or we are getting, we are reactivating Auckland office after COVID mm-hmm. lockdowns. Um, ACT, we are very active. Melbourne, we are very active. Brisbane, we are very active. Um, uh, we basically, obviously, New South Wales being our biggest, basically advertising in Northern Territory now uh, to and we start, we price, but we haven't got an office there. Sure. So we do do price. And yeah. So and, and
1: painting still obviously is a core business. Yes, that's right, yeah. And the glazing and the rendering and all that. Yeah. They 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 just still new but they the, the yeah. core business is still painting. In terms of painting industry in general, I mean, you've been working in the industry for a while and the construction industry in general is changing a lot in the past. Yeah.
0: It is, yes. I
1: can see it in the past 10 years from the technology part of it, like using different softwares to manage, to the way we build, to the way that uh, the contracts are arranged, um, to the way that, you know, different walling systems, different, you know, building systems introduced. Um, How do you, in general, see the painting market? Is it a good market still for someone that wants to start business or join this industry? And what would you like to see in the next few years happen in this industry? This is what I say: painting industry is an industry
0: that been that has been undermarked.
1: Right. That means by who? By builder, you mean?
0: I I, I say by the industry so, in general. Or you mean they underrated. don't take it seriously? Yeah. And right. That's something that now. At least I can say in modern we're trying to change. So when we go and do a job and have modern style, right? We're we'll going with our own software, with our own apps, with our mm. own management system, with our own technology. And I know you have a approach. lot of them. Exactly. Yeah, and then it's everything has a system, right? Sure. And they're not used to it. So we are trying to change our perception about painting painting and painters. And I if to answer your question about what you like to see, I would like to see that everyone benefits from our system and everyone comes and uses the same system that works for us so they can help us change this perception about painters. Mm. So when you say painters or painting, it's not the least important trade in the job. It's the most important trade in, the, in, 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 mm. in the construction because that's how you can not hide things to be dodgy just, but just make things, bea- make bea- things beautiful
1: correct i mean i have, I have you know, very yeah. similar conversation yeah. with my clients with some of my builders well i mean he's making joke with them i'm like well yeah your concrete is good everything looks good but if you don't put a good paint on it trust me yeah. no one's gonna live there particularly exactly for the right. Resi, it's it's like you know aesthetic is important as, yeah. as much as now the structure so obviously the new building commissioner are now putting a lot of fo- a lot more focus on the way yeah um you know, we we build and we we manage the buildings afterwards even the hand over to the uh customers. So and I see a bit of change. I see that people yeah. care more about the painting systems and yeah. um uh yeah, hopefully that that follow through. But do you see do you do you think having that system software, the management, the 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 uni degree, all that, did that help you to grow the company to the level that is? Certainly it did.
0: It Mm. did a lot. For sure it did. 200% it did. Frank 2012 is completely different from Frank 2017. Right. Higher education is utterly necessary for anyone who wants to run a business. Mm. And no offense to the ones ones out there that they don't have that and they're very successful, But for someone like me...
1: And now, in this day and age, I think...
0: You need to have it. And you need to be able to know the rules and regulations. You need to be able to know the contractual obligations that you have. Sure. And to answer your question about what do I say to the guys that they are starting up their company, I suggest if you're ready to give up your life, (laughs) right? And suddenly have as many workers as you like. But remember, the more workers that you have, the more bosses you have.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good so way to say it. It's
0: not their workers. You are their workers. Yeah, because some people
1: some people think people start a business, suddenly I'm no. gonna, you know, be rich, I'm gonna go buy a car house, this, that. I don't have to do work much, but that's, that's a, a steroid. <laughs> 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 that's like you go and you say, you know what, I'll go to
0: gym but I just exercise one day a week and I'll keep injecting myself <laughs> with a <the> steroid. That's <laughs> Even not if you have a work. muscle, yeah. It only lasts for a couple of months. Yeah, you yeah. have to put the hard work in yes. day in, day out. Yep. And, and suddenly, everyone's problem becomes your problem. Someone cold in sick becomes your problem. Someone mm. had a fight with his wife becomes your problem. Someone, Someone's kid getting injured becomes your problem. So, you're not know the boss. You're just a worker that works for everyone. Mm. And you have two hundred, three hundred 300
1: bosses wow. working for you. And uh, is, that, is that also the driving factor for you to, to keep uh, growing, to keep, uh, I don't know, investing more in your company to make sure uh, so that uh, you make everyone happy? This
0: is what I've done. And whoever's, whoever's been mid-modern since I started, they would definitely have noticed that and they would second that. Whatever I've earned through the company, I invested back into the company. That's how the multiplying effect works. Hmm. You can't end the money and then expect the money to come f- to your account so you can again go and invest back into your company. You asked me, how did you start Unipon? I'll tell you now, with the money that we end, we started Unipon. Then we started Nova. Then we started Modern Rendering. Then we started Modern Partitioning. Then we started Modern Glazing. And that's how we are employing all these guys. Yeah. Unipon yeah.
1: is was a software, is a software. Yes, isn't yeah. It? yeah. yeah. <coughs>
0: it's getting launched. It got delayed because of COVID, but it's getting launched sure. hopefully by the end of the year. Hmm.
1: Yeah. What What do you think in general is so unique or different about modern? So, first is our culture, hundred percent,
0: and inside our approach. There has been a, there hasn't been a time that we give up. We never will give. We will never give up. We always push, and we always uh, try to find a solution. I'm mm-hmm. not saying we are flawless. We are full of flaws. We make yeah. a lot of mistakes, but we we take responsibility and we action and we we'll correct it. The other thing is nothing's too hard for us. Mm. Nothing's too hard for us. And I, I
1: can see you have a big team here. A lot of them are, which is, well, I would say not that usual in a painting company. A lot of people educated at uh, university with a lot of degrees, yeah. which is so, uh, normally you find in the builder's side. Yeah,
0: everyone in modern has got bachelor in construction management, bachelor in law, bachelor in architecture, bachelor in Generalism bachelor, mm. yeah, they're all coming from uni, yeah, and I love it because that's another thing that I'll do for my personal fulfillment i I love to create opportunities for the guys that are at uni mm-hmm. and they're trying to find a find find work, and I love to be the first person who give them the chance.
1: one of the other things I am interested to learn is uh other than your brother, did you have any general influencer in in your life in your career that helps you and do you think it's important to have someone like that as in like business coach no i never had business coach no
0: right i never had business coach i had good people around me and i had good consultants um like um i, I can tell you now uh for instance mark mark helped me a lot um one of the, one of my client john helped me a lot Throughout my journey of past twelve years, and this is through conversations. Hey, Mm. I have this problem. We're having a coffee catch up. Hey, I've tried this. Do you want to work this out? Mm -hmm. And my suggestion for whoever who is trying, and again, I'm not calling out modern being a successful company. Even though I love to be successful, but the definition of success for each person is different. Mm -hmm. Um, I have different definition of success, but it's by basically looking at every problem and every aspect aspect of the business, like a formula, and you start breaking that, that formula mm-hmm. into A's, B's, C's, and also X. Mm-hmm. And then try to find out, try to apply different things on A, B's, and C's so you can get to know what X is. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you start thinking about everything like that, everything almost becomes apparent for you. Sure. So imagine you want to start up a business. A. What do you need? What staff do you need? B. What finance do you need? C. How, where do you want to get the work from? X is your success. How su- you want to be successful, right? That's your X. Why do you? Why do you normally start the company because you want to be successful at it? That becomes mm. your X. A. Staff. Right. stuff, It's basically the finance. C. Where do you want to get the work from? Sure. To so give you X. Mm. That's that's something that I self-thought myself
1: and it obviously worked uh it is working yeah so what is it really the success i mean everyone all of us human being i think we have a passion for winning i'm not sure if winning equals success and winning could be as simple as hey i want to be I don't know, winning these five jobs that I thought. Or hey, no, I wanna be the biggest painter, or, or hey, I wanna just provide a good life for my family. That could be winning. What what is do you do you have any definition for that for yourself? As what what is cause you said you're not successful yet in your mind? Where do you see the success? Definition of success for me is for us. In, on the trade
0: side, I'm not talking about the, the other businesses that we have just on the trade just side. Just the painting. Painting, yeah. glazing, partitioning, rendering mm-hmm. and restoration, which is the trade side of our business, to be able to not tender for the job.
1: To get invited.
0: To get invited and they tell us, come and do this job. And we don't care how much you charge. To me, that's success. Right. So we kind of completely get rid of the tendering part. process. Yeah. And how I'm going to get that, by build that trust into my, by build trust for for the clients that that we have, sure. so they know we are fair with our price, and they know that we deliver, mm-hmm. so I'm working towards that that to me that's successful that it's hold construction or hold developer or hoda whatever you want to call it. I'm just using it as an example. Come tomorrow and say, "Hey, I've got this job. Can you come and do it for me right that's that's to me that's success mm. and also have a crew that everyone's happy and smiles. And they look forward mm. to come to work on Monday.
1: So their Sunday afternoon feeling goes mm. away completely. That's right. Um, leader and leading, or being a manager. I mean, I, I asked this question uh, from a lot of people. Obviously, you managing the company on your own, being the sole managing director, you have lots of um say in a company, but I'm wondering what is your style of leadership and what do you, how do you see a good leader Basically, uh, that picture
0: explains it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So a leader can't sit back and relax. A leader can't take holidays every month. Mm. A leader can't wake up at 9 o'clock and come to work with a cup of coffee in his hand and expect everything to be done. A Mm. leader has to be in first person and has to be out last person. That's what we call the. Remind me of
1: the movie The Brave Heart. I'm not yeah. sure if you watched that. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant movie. Yeah. It, isn't it getting too intense though? If you involve in everything, is it, it sometimes it you say the, part that, of the leadership is to delegate part of the task?
0: That's part of that's called micromanagement. When you get involved in everything, that's micromanagement. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not a micromanager. Sometimes I become a micromanager because remember. When you're in growing stage, you can't sit back and
1: relax. Mm. I'm only ten years old. In the company, in the yeah. company. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wish I was ten. <laughs> I'm thirty-seven. But, but like,
0: when you're in a growing stage, yeah. there's one factor you need to apply in your formula, and it's called organic. You wanna have an organic growth. If you don't have an organic growth, then you have a rapid growth. What rapid growth is is a steroid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what it does is just it just creates an illusion that you are successful and you've got a company and everything goes well. But it's not. Mm. I'd say for the first 20 years, or they say first seven years, it's the most Mm. vulnerable part of any company, but I say for the first 20 years. Right. So I have to be a micromanager because I'm only only 10 years old. The company is only 10 years old. Modern is only 10 years old. So glazing is only five years old. Rendering is only two years old. Mm-hmm. Indigenous is only one month old. How can I not be micromanage, sure, uh, micromanager? Because everything has to be done correctly to make sure we got we got or we got an organic growth. Mm. That's why with that leadership strategy in place, that's how I can work it out that. That's how I can just make things work. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm a great leader or anything like that. No, I try to be a great leader. I try to follow the great leaders and learn from them.
1: Hmm. Okay. I mean during your career and and business career, obviously you had lots of plans and you put together sorry, lots of goals and had put together plans for them to achieve them. In a simple word, for someone out there listening that wants to put a plan for whatever that is, want to lose weight, want to start a business, want to do something. What's the what is some of the steps that you take to make sure you achieve the goal that you have. Is there any advice you can give? Yeah.
0: First of all, tell your goal to the ones that you trust and you know they want good things for you. Mm. I'm a big fan of energy. and I'm, big, I'm a big believer of hidden energies. And right. people, when they when meet each other, they exchange energy. Every time I meet with you, I get a positive energy. Every time Claire. I meet with Frank, I might get a negative energy. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, for, for, for instance. And and we,
1: we all meet each other for a reason. I yes, believe in that's that, right. for sure. And then, yeah. So I always
0: tell the good friends that I have my goals because they, with their good energy that they sent to me, they basically motivate me more. So avoid telling your goals to... The
1: to reinforce inform. that. Yes. yes,
0: that's right. So I'll say definitely tell 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 your friends about your goals, the ones yes. you love and you know that they're one best thing for you. Write, write them down, step Very by important. step. important, yeah. Create a plan and create a plan for execu- ex- executing that plan and then create a plan for maintaining that ex- execution mm-hmm. and create goals and create targets, then create a plan to maintain those goals and targets mm. and start breaking down your planning your exte- execution your maintaining execution and you're maintaining goals and targets mm. and by breaking it down further and further and further and further then you can figure out your exes for each it's like stage. what am i
1: going to do today based on that i'm going to lose weight mm. what's
0: my plan for losing weight well first i'm going to go and hire a a PT, for instance, so I'm going to go and buy a treadmill. Okay, that's your. Then you got to you got to work out how you want to buy that treadmill by planning your execution, right? Then you 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 went and you you say, oh, I'm going to go and work hard and buy buy a treadmill and then start working on it." You've executed your execution, but how do you want to maintain?
1: How you want to get there? That's getting on border. the treadmill every day, and I think that that's the part a lot of people. Fall short. A lot of people have the plan, have the goal, you know. I'm an example uh, as like anyone else. Like many times I was talking about, hey, doing stuff, like even this podcast. Hey, you know, I want to do this, but it didn't happen until I actually do it. And at the beginning, it's very hard. Yeah. To put yourself into that new mode because it's, it's habit, isn't it? And yeah. We create habit by actually forcing ourselves to do it. it reminds me of when you were saying about painting the uh, building of university and you kind of had to force yourself to do it yeah. to get yourself in that mood, yeah. even though your mind was somewhere else. And sometimes human being, I feel we have the inner sea to stay where we are, not yeah. to change. Yeah. Cause sometimes you get comfortable. We either need external push. Which is a PT or internal drive. Yeah.
0: That's part of your planning, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, before your planning, you've you got to do
0: your investigation. So, for instance, when I wanted to start my rendering, I started investigating. I worked out my A's, B's, and I worked out my X. Then I said, okay, how i am going to exce- execute this new division? And then once I executed the division, now I have to work out how I'm going to maintain that. Mm. And from there, you've got to create goals and then maintain goals. It's very simple.
1: Mm. It's well, not on the paper, yes, yeah.
0: It, uh, well, you apply hard work to it. Some some nights, I woke up at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, and people around me, including my staff, they all know it. I go to bed at twelve o'clock at night, wake up three o'clock in the morning. I'm in Canberra at seven a.m. for a <laughs> meeting.
1: Yeah, I know that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you've seen me doing it. <laughs> How do okay. you maintain your energy uh, level though? That's 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 that's, that's crazy. I keep myself
0: motivated. Yeah. I think about all the positive stuff. Sure. Half glass full, not half glass empty. Think about think every, think everything as being a problem and mm. make fun of make not make fun of it in a way, but create create fun while you're resolving problems. Mm. I can come and tell you now, I have 1,000 problems, but I don't. I you don't, don't focus on that, yeah. On the problems, I focus on the solution and I'll apply solution, and I get that dopamine discharged mm-hmm. and you remove the solutions, and you get addicted to. It. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So basically, when you resolve a problem, right? Then suddenly you you, you become happy. That's called dopamine. That's right? right. So you keep resolving problems. So you keep. You, then you get happier and happier and happier. You feel achieved. You know what I mean? Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We talked a lot about the the, the career, and I, I mean, honestly, I, I have so many questions, but I'm conscious of time. I just want to learn a little bit about um, if you have. Any, cur- any sort of passion outside work if you get time obviously you have a family yeah um is there anything that you do when you want to i don't know chill chill meditate disconnect from work or you always want to be connected to i
0: i never i never been disconnected and uh, i kid you not i'm damn serious i've never been disconnected from mm. this is my passion i love to play soccer that's my hobby. Do I get time to do it? I love to do it one day. I love to make time for it. But I first got to make sure my growth is organic. Sure. And that's what I'm focused on. But my passion is playing sport, yes.
1: So weekends, if you get time, other than spending time with the family.
0: I love to play soccer.
1: You love to play soccer. Okay. Do you get time to... Still, I don't know, read books or so watch series, Netflix, all those things, or so not really?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I watch Netflix and uh, right. rarely, but I get time to do it. I love we, um, that's our hanging out time with my wife, and we both sit and watch the mm. series. Mm. Something funny, something that doesn't involve <laughs> <laughs> to <watch see>. drama. <laughs> There's enough drama running several companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something, well, something exactly. Relaxing and. Right, uh, I love traveling, love traveling, and I've been traveling a lot mm-hmm. outside Australia and right. Australia. Uh, and What's your favorite
1: th- spot for you to go, if you want to mention? Switzerland. Yes. Wow.
0: That's where uh, I've been there in 2000 and I love to go back again.
1: What do you like about it? Is it just... The mountains. The mountains. Yeah,
0: the mountains, I uh, go on top of the mountain, and there's no cars, nothing around you. Do you ski? No. I don't know how to. I love to learn how to. I'm not a kind of I'm not an exotic guy if you know what I mean. I'm not very <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I'm trying to
1: get you to to golf even though I I'm know. just playing <laughs> yeah, I'm just started no, playing. That's that's <laughs> what I was like golf, <laughs> playing golf. But yeah, that's what I would take. Okay, Switzerland. Yeah. I know you love your uh, argile or shisha or ghelion, we call it, and there. <laughs> that's every Persian, right? <laughs> that's every Persian. <laughs> do you do you still get time to do that every now and then? Very rarely, very rarely. I'm
0: not a biggest smoker. Yeah. I love making argilas. <laughs> <Boneless>, yeah. <laughs> You've seen me doing it. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, that's that's as far as I go, and I love creating. I've got, I love I, I love basically hanging out with my mates and yeah and then put a bit about of kubi there on, on there yeah on, I love yeah. cooking yeah I'm not really good at it but <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, every Persian man they they obviously know how yeah. to do the grill the charcoal kubideh, grill yeah uh, yeah but
0: man that's good that's that's as far as I go yeah
1: okay no worries Frank look we talked about a lot of things and, and, and I had lots of other questions. But is there anything else that you wanted to maybe say? I didn't say. Wanted to share anything? I don't know. Maybe around suppliers like Julux. Do they are they helping your business? Yeah, they do. I love the way that you guys deal with everything, and I love the way that you
0: guys are making a difference by creating, you know, like this podcast. What you guys did for the Persian New Year was great. Uh, you know, I'm very very appreciative. That was a very good move. That was that was the first time I ever seen. <laughs> something like that from yeah. supplier acknowledging the fact that there's a pageant here i was that was great that was awesome i loved it i loved it um this is great what you guys are doing and the support that you guys provide with the spec we basically on-site you know, support on-site support the stores obviously stores. we don't want to forget about no. them yeah. yeah so everyone's everyone's doing great and as i said it's, it's a teamwork if modern become successful one day it's we worked as a team it's the reps it's the stores it's the delivery guys it's the spec riders, it's the jewel it's the suppliers that yeah makes that uh, make that obviously work for us Mm. apart from that honestly wanted to thank you again for this opportunity and i just wanted to share with everyone that in modern all we do is just work hard nothing else Mm. we don't focus on our competition we never have been I never even logged in to look at anyone's website. I'm just focusing on modern. I want best for everyone. True. And if anyone's there to, that they need my support and my help, my number's there. They can call me anytime. No matter if they're a competition, they painters, they whatever they are, I'm happy yeah. to assist and help.
1: Look, even though I don't, uh, well, you don't see yourself as successful, obviously you're one of the. To... How you call it? One of the major players in the market, so everyone wants to learn how you got there. I think that's yeah. the curiosity comes from there. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure um, you want the best for the market, and, yeah. and and you're always looking for new people, I saw. So if yeah. anyone is interested, I guess yeah, I don't know what apply. role you have.
0: Project management. We need project managers. We need project coordinators. We need uh, delivery drivers. <laughs> so they could they could <laughs> you contact you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 100%. 100%. all right thank you thanks a lot frank
1: i hope you enjoyed this episode see you next time